0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. This is Brady Hoke. And if I know one thing, it's bad college football. That's why I'm here to tell you about the Shutdown Fullcast, a college football podcast so bad that it's mostly not even about football. Every Wednesday, you can listen to Spencer Hall, Jason Kirk, and Ryan Nanny Ramble about grocery stores, John Gruden's secrets to everlasting wealth, and unsolved murders. The Shutdown forecast. We're very sorry.
1: Hi, welcome back to the Limited Upside podcast. This is another summer preview edition, and for this special podcast, we did the New York Knicks. You probably have already listened to the Nets, the Sixers, the Suns. Those are out of the way now. We're moving on to bigger and better things, like the Knicks. No, I'm just kidding, but it was a fun podcast. We had Seth Rosenthal, Christian Winfield on. I'm Ben Epstein, and as always, Mike Prado was joining us. And this podcast, I think the best way to describe it is when we ask our our, our guests to describe their franchise in one word. Christian said the word "meh." M E H. But anyhow, the Knicks are still exciting. They're undefeated going into the 2017-2018 season. We get into some funny talk about the history of the Knicks organization, some old players, what would you add to this new team, and obviously the future, which is Kristaps' team, to reign over. Plus, Phil's gone. The Wicked Witch is dead. Phil is gone. And with that in mind, please subscribe, rate, review, all those good things we always ask for. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SBNation.com backslash NBA. Uh, we are part of the Vox Media Podcast Network, which is awesome. And we always appreciate the uh, the mothership letting us do our thing here. Uh, and again, send us those questions. The questions, comments, all these things are awesome. They help with our summer previews. You can tell we get to them. We love the input from our listeners. Uh, we have the smartest listeners. So again, keep sending those. And you can send those questions to Prada at SBNation.com or hit us up on Twitter at sbn at Limited underscore Upside or at EpiBen. Again, Limited Upside Summer Preview Edition. This is the New York Knicks. Orlando Magic is next. And go back and listen to the Nets, Sixers, and Suns. I think you'll enjoy those as well. Sit back and enjoy this episode of the Limited Upside Podcast. Welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. We're doing our 30 NBA team previews for this summer edition of Limited Upside Podcast. I'm Ben. I'm here with Mike, and we have two special guests for this Knicks edition of the summer edition of the Limited Upside previews. See we uh, did that?
0: Very elaborate. I'm just trying to be
1: accurate with this, man. (laughs) The last one we did was the Sixers. We've done the Nets. We've done the Suns. And we have Orlando coming up, but this is all about the New York Knicks. And for that... Before that, he's staring at me because he's just so excited to do this. We have Seth Rosenthal uh, in studio right now. Hey, Seth, how's it going?
2: It's going wonderfully.
0: Much more
1: wonderfully so, than the Knicks so are going. So much enthusiasm, I, I can feel it. It's it's like palpable here. Um, <laughs> I feel. I almost feel like we've like pointed a gun at Seth right now. And maybe, the Knicks have a zero
0: and zero record. I don't know what anybody's talking about. <laughs> I, I, I hear that.
1: And that other second. voice there, that that's Christian Winfield. He's he's coming to us through the magic of Skype. And you you probably heard him on the Nets pod. You've heard him on other uh, limited upsides here. He's a friend of the pod in it. And I guess you what are you fifty fifty Nets Knicks now, man. Is that how I would describe yeah, you?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's about it's about fifty fifty. Um, I wouldn't say I'm leaning no I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm down the middle right now. The Nets have they, they have a good case. If well, the Knicks won. and
2: the Nets played a game and the winner got the eighth seed Ooh. who would you want to win? Sorry to hijack That's a great the question. The Nets,
3: would, the Nets would win that game. No, who'd you, to want, who do you win? want to? Oh the Knicks. Okay. For the playoff, okay. I want to see the Knicks go to the okay. playoffs. So, okay. so you're still a still Knicks. Knicks fan, then? Sounds like a Knicks yeah, fan to me. <laughs> Although a real
2: Knicks fan wouldn't want the Knicks to get the eighth seed.
1: That's, that's <laughs> a trick <your> question. question. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get, let's get into it, guys. It's been an interesting offseason, to say the least. A little bit different. The Knicks offseasons usually go in a number of directions. But I would say this is a straight line, and I think a positive direction that the fan base has all gotten behind. And that started with firing, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> it started with firing Phil Jackson. We'll backtrack to the draft and other things. Things that have happened here, but yeah. and we'll get to we'll get to Tim Hardaway and, and uh, we'll get to the Porzingis stuff But first and foremost guys the general manager who was brought in here to change the system They played on the court and the system outside of uh, outside of the lines Phil Jackson is gone so with that all in mind, but we'll get to the moves we will get to all the uh, acquisitions and Interesting uh, restricted free agent contracts that the Knicks uh, gave out here. That's interesting is an interesting word for um, that. We'll we'll have it classified shortly enough. Um, give me a word, Seth, to describe your mood for this fan base and this team right now. One word if you need to, go for it. Uh, surprised, I okay. guess? In okay. a
0: good or a bad way? Or just in you a way? You said
2: one word. Yeah. Well, now you get to elaborate on why. <laughs> surprised. Um, I. I did not expect that Phil Jackson would would get fired. I didn't expect the Tim Hardaway stuff. Um, I didn't expect that trading Carmelo Anthony would seem like
1: such a near certainty at this point in time. I don't know. So surprised and willing to be further surprised as well, I guess it would. Or not even. Or just kind of like brought along surprises are generally negative when you're talking about the Knicks but it's been
3: <laughs>
2: most I don't want to even to say mostly pleasant it's been a surprising summer
3: yeah yeah All right, Christian what would your word be um my word would be meh, meh. <laughs> like M-E-H? you know like
1: yeah, yeah.
3: yeah it's just like I, I've I've like I'm I'm an, I'm a Knicks fan through and through but I've, I've had enough of the antics you know like I've had enough of the yeah this craziness that's going on like I'm glad they brought in Scott Perry. He seems like a no-nonsense type of guy who's going to get everything on the right foot. But after this, this was, is this was probably the craziest single-team, single-season, whatever you want to call it, that I've ever kind of been around and really tried to pay attention to and figure out what it is. And it was just like, man, I, I need a break. I need a break from them right now. So for me, I guess it's just meh. I, whatever they do next season, they do next season.
0: What are the chances that this fresh start actually bears fruit, unlike all the – other fresh starts do you well, think I mean like what's the level of confidence that like okay yeah no Phil yeah. and obviously you know Knicks fans are thrilled about that because that ended terribly um, Porzingis is still on the team Melo, you would think is on his
1: way out at some point uh, Scott Perry is in I mean it feels like it's really Jeff Hornacek's first year coaching even right. though he was here last year the you know the chains are off he can run a system that he probably wanted to implement Last year, I feel like there's a few things systemically here that are going to be brand new for this team, but it can't really turn that page until Carmelo is decided, yeah. and then that's really the thing here. I mean, we're recording this on a whatever the eighth of, of August. Um, likely, yeah. this scenario will be will be cleared up before uh, the season starts. But but let's try to look at both of these or, or not actually. Seth, you gave me a look at how do you well, actually see that the Carmelo situation look, playing out?
2: The thing I keep thinking about with yeah. Melo is what. What needs to change to get a mellow deal done? Are they waiting on a Kyrie deal to get done? Because then mm-hmm. I don't know where that's going. Um, I just, it's unclear to me, besides just a sort of game of chicken or, you know, two teams, three teams waiting each other out to see yep. who will finally budge. It's unclear to me what variables are in play that are preventing a deal that everyone wants to do from happening right mm-hmm.
3: now. Mm-hmm.
1: And you feel like, and Christian, feel free to step in here. You guys feel like the organization has already you know, in theory, but not in process yet, stepped away from him. That he is no longer part of the future, obviously. That he's no longer even probably a part of this year's plans and the maturation of Porzingis or how you integrate Tim Hardaway into this team or you know any of the, or, or French Frank, if he's going to be figuring out how to play pick and roll with Carmelo, like these things that are going to be integral to the team this season and moving forward, you can kind of start to see how these gears move without him. Is that is that yeah, accurate? Yeah, sure. Yeah.
3: yeah. And, um, you know, I think, Kind of like you said, it is the timelines don't necessarily match up. You've got a young guy in Chris Steps who's pretty much shown he's ready to take that next step and, and lead this team. you got a, a lot of other young guys. And I think piggybacking on what Seth said, you know, it's we're trying to figure out what we're going to get in a Mellow trade. He wants to go to Houston, obviously, but the Knicks don't want Ryan Anderson back, nor does mm-hmm. anyone really. And depending and Melo has a no trade clause. You know what I'm saying? If he wants to go to Houston and if he's not going to waive that to go anywhere, it's a it's an odd scenario that hasn't. You know, what I'm saying it hasn't resolved yet, but it's it's kind of crazy when you look at it and what they have. Like once they move mellow, I feel like the Knicks can move forward with what they have. Yeah. But until then, it's not. It's pretty much back at square one. Why not just buy him out?
0: Yeah, that's the
1: question.
3: That's why not- a lot of money.
0: Because
2: he's good. Like if money. if there's absolutely no trade, just keep him.
3: But then he holds you back longer.
2: Anyway. You would right? keep him anyway. Yeah. Either- why not? He's good at basketball. He's. Uh, yeah. I don't know. He's like. So the two funny things are one, you know, the guy who publicly said he was going to trade him is gone, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah, two, yeah. obviously, they're not going to reply differently to this. But to a man, every player on the Knicks who has been asked about Mello over the summer, whether it was, you know, Frank around post draft access, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was Kristaps when you know people were talking to him in Latvia, or Mandagos Kuzminskis even has spoken up about this. Everyone's like, oh yeah, keep Melo. like we we all want to play with Melo. And they're not going to say otherwise, but, I, you know, it'll be awkward if the Knicks end up keeping Mellow, and it'll be a little weird, and I imagine he'll be kind of grumpy about it, yeah. but I, I think
1: that's a much better option than letting him walk away for nothing. Well, so, so Perry and Mills have at their disposal now this this question, right? What's the best thing for the franchise moving forward, and what's the best thing for each individual player's maturation moving forward? And they probably don't even run, or they, they probably run congruently, but opposite to the players liking playing with Carmelo. You can like playing with someone, but still have that person hold back how you progress as a player. And I feel like that's sort of you know, look, he's still the best player on the Knicks. I agree. It's um, kind of
0: a security blanket for Porzingis, and like maybe you need to take that off. That's I would right. Say that, that's that maybe call. that's
1: a way to, to think of it. it. Yeah, you know, that's pretty accurate. So so back to Mike's question, he he just threw out there before we got a little bit sidetracked here. <laughs> um, as we turn pages here, and the Knicks have had multiple chapters. I, look, I'm 31. I remember when the Knicks were the talk of the town in the entire NBA, right? The 90s were a Knicks decade, despite the fact that they did not win a championship. They were one of the big teams. They had uh, the most fervent fan base. They still have a great fan base. I'm talking to two of them here. They had the garden pack. They had players people liked that wanted to buy their jersey. They were, they were you know, uh, um, every year they were there competing for an Eastern Conference title in their, and, and consequently an NBA title. Since then, there's been a couple different iterations. We've gone through the Sprewell and Houston years. We've come out of we have coming out of the Carmelo years now. Um, tell me about where you guys sit. Ten being I'm the most optimistic I've been since, you know, Ewing and Oakley were on the team or one being I feel a lot like Dolan and, and Phil Jackson three years ago. Christian, tell me where you sit with that optimism or pessimism, whatever you want to go with here, with this new iteration of this team in the next chapter here with your coach GM and, and likely star of the future in Porzingis.
3: Um, I would say. Forward looking, I'm slightly above a meh. So, probably around a six, (laughs) probably around a six, 6.5. You know, they still, you you could say Phil Jackson's out, but the players are still there until they show that they can play. Jeff Hornishek is still there, was the guy that Phil Jackson brought in. And he's, in my opinion, I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat, but he's got to show something. He's got to show that he can put a system in place that guys will want to play in. He can, you know what I'm saying, motivate these guys to compete on defense because these are things that they did not do. And These are things that they're going to have to do. And if that doesn't change under Jeff with with Phil Jackson gone, then they're probably going to have to make some more changes. So, you know, honestly, I I like the Scott Perry hiring. I'll probably like the Knicks roster a little more when we see what they get back for Carmelo. But as it stands right now, what's changed from last year? They replaced Derrick Rose with Tim Hardaway Jr. Joakim Noah is still there. Courtney Lee is still there. Jeff Horn is still there. Carmelo is still there. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I'm I'm at a six. Six is high. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I feel yeah. like I feel like I arrive at whatever a six or a seven or something pretty much from almost the opposite direction. Where I'm thinking a little bit longer term, and like, yeah, mm-hmm. the Knicks are going to be trash this year. They're, no matter who they get back for Carmelo, even if Hornacek, you know, figures some things out, they're not going to be good. They don't have a good roster. You know, especially without Carmelo, the best players are very young. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine. That's okay. I think the main thing. You know, the baseline you set is, well, how have they been prior? Before these before these last few years, you know, for basically the better part of a decade, they didn't have all their draft picks. Um, they didn't have a really exciting young player to build around. And they have those things now. You know, if Jeff Werneseck sucks, you fire him and replace him. That's easy. Um, if If the front office isn't, I mean, I'm not confident that the front office will ever get replaced if they're not doing well, but... Point being, the Knicks have all of their first-round draft picks, and they have Kristaps Porzingis. They have a 22-year-old who looks like he's going to be an all-star. Mm-hmm. That's really great. That's the hardest part of all of this is young, interesting, exciting assets. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if, the, if Neil Aquino isn't any good or if they trade or botch those draft picks going forward, then that's a problem. Yeah. But. Um even to be in the position to rebuild, to build, to have the building blocks is technically a major improvement so over we, previous attempts to rebuild.
0: Yeah. That is true. A little <laughs> bit of low expectations, but true. I feel like I should stop I'm taking I'm literally it shit. a Knicks fan. So yeah. there are low expectations. <laughs> let's, let's talk let's talk about Porzingis, though the building block. Uh Phil obviously pisses him off. Um he says what he says, he does what he does. He Porzingis Luke goes away from the team no contact. Phil's gone now. It seems like things are better relationship-wise. He believe he said he loves New York. What, what was the quote he said recently? Um he was like it's my home for now or something. Yeah, or, it's so my, but it, it's my home now. That's so important. It's yeah, not <laughs> It's difference. not he qualified like, in a measure of time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> Rand, I am in this room for now. Well, a true no, statement. To
2: be clear, he said, it's my home now, not it's my home for now. OK, that's, those are okay. Very
0: it's my things. home now. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> One
1: word for is very important. Very important. It really is. You're
0: right. OK, <laughs> but so it seems like things are better, but like not all the way better. Um, you know, there's still some limer- simmering resentment in there. I mean, how concerned uh, are you about this situation? Like, are you worried that there's some sort of permanent damage that's been done that will just never be able to be overcome? Hey, Christian, you're shaking your head.
3: No, I, I think a lot of that came from Phil. Um, I think that Phil is gone. It's kind of like a blank slate. I would like to see what Porzingis is in, in the offenses this year. I think that'll play a big role because last year, especially with Derrick Rose in the game, I, I didn't think that Porzingis was very involved. You know, apparently Rose would attack the basket and he would make passes at the very, very last second. And when you're hitting or when you're not hitting a guy like KP, who's open, you know, I kind of. It, it just it just wasn't a good fit. I didn't think, and now I think that with Chris Epps was about to be the featured player in the offense. Um, I think you know getting more touches and getting more shots will ultimately you know make him more happy, I guess, or whatever. But I think a lot of his gripes were with stem from Phil. And I think Phil gone should uh, be okay, unless Seth. You think otherwise?
2: No, that sounds about right to me. I, I you know, I don't necessarily think he's going to be an all-star this season and you know I uh-huh. think the hope is only that he the percentages go up, the averages go up, you know, the just statistically and uh you know apparently he 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 improves a little bit. I think on a bad team, which the Knicks are going to be, it's hard to be look really great and feel really satisfied all season. But yeah, like Christian said, it did seem like a lot of his beef was with Phil and totally justified because Phil behaved like a child. Um, I, d- I do think that like when Przingis arrived in New York, he appeared very starry eyed and he was sort of up for whatever. And I think in this summer he has demonstrated, no, I'm, I am a star. I'm going to behave like a star mm-hmm. and I want things to be a certain way. Um, and, you know, if the team continue, if the organization continues to be governed by idiots, then <laughs> he's going to have a problem. And I, you know, I think that's for a guy. I'm not sure that he dealt with it the best way or that yeah. he's being, you know, advised by the best people. However, I get where he's coming from and I, I don't get the feeling that like the Knicks are on the hot seat now. I think it was just a little warning shot so? of like, hey, I uh, I actually care about the way things go. I'm not just going to go along to get along. Uh, you know, this is my career we're talking about.
0: Well, it might, That might not be mm-hmm. mutually exclusive. I mean, maybe the seat is warmer sure
2: I mean, Fine. but I don't think yeah. like I'm not worried about him well, first of all he can't he has no right. leverage here but also I'm just not that worried about his happiness in the n- immediate future I think yeah the Knicks need to be thinking okay when is you know what? Uh, when is his contract going to be up and can we by the time that happens I think every team with any rookie whether or not he's skipped an exit meeting should be thinking this way but by the time we're going to be up to try to retain him, is he going to want to stay here? That's totally legit. And I think he probably sort of puts some exclamation points at the end of end of that. But I think every team th- or every sensible team think that. thinks that way with every rookie and every player on any sort of contract. Is if we care care desperately about keeping this guy, which mm-hmm. I imagine the Knicks do with Chris Apps, then how do we make sure that he feels good about staying here when the time comes? And like Christian said, I think a lot of that is going to change just with the basketball improving. Yeah. He really could not have been put in a worse situation last year. He was playing, playing out of position, playing with just an incredibly difficult point guard to play with in Derrick Rose. Yeah. And I, you know, I think just by letting Hornacek run an offense, not just forcing Chris Stapps the ball, but letting him play with some guards who actually want to pass to him. Yep. And ideally, Nikola Akina is that. And honestly, even Ramon Sessions is that more than mm-hmm. Derrick Rose is. <laughs> um, and hopefully is playing,
1: playing him in smaller lineups and stuff like that, I think he'll, so, he'll be happier. So with that in mind, and let's assume that they start the season with without Carmelo, and we'll project mm-hmm. what this team looks like without him for now. Um, what's the best starting five for Porzingis that this team can put together right now?
2: Christian, you first. Man, (laughs) yeah,
1: I guess this starts with Um, the Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee play together,
3: yeah. That I mean, for me, it's like if we're starting without Melo, we have to kind of assume we're getting someone of value back for Melo, and that guy's probably sure. (laughs) I (laughs) I would would hope the Knicks would get at least one person, one player of (laughs) that would be nice in this trade, um, preferably some young assets or some trade pieces, but in, in a world where the Knicks completely botched this trade, which isn't too far off. Um we're definitely probably looking at Courtney Lee and and Tim Hardaway in the front court. Well in the on the wings. Ah man, do you start Ramon Sessions? Yeah. Ron, is that probably. what you do? Start Ron
0: Ron Ron Baker? Baker? Nah. Or Neely Maybe maybe
3: Ron Baker. Ron Baker. probably wins the starting job because he played under Hornets like all the last year, and knows what he wants to do, and knows the players he's playing with. So Ron Baker probably starts, which is crazy. Um and then at the four, who do you even who do we even have? Who do we have? We have to get someone back. Or Chris Or, or, Lance or Chris is your four,
2: oh. yeah. Yeah. I, I suspect that the default yeah. that the default is just Chris Daps and Billy Hernan Gomez together, which yeah, yeah. you know, unless yeah. both have improved significantly over the summer is um asking for trouble. My opinion. So, is is the question what is probably the starting lineup or what would I? No, like
1: what's to your use? ideal for like? Ideal, we're building the new superstar? Okay. Because right? he's think, your team now. That's I mean, right. that's, that's the yeah. way they have
0: to act.
2: Yeah. Right. Um, quick caveat that there's a decent chance Courtney Lee is not on the team by the end of the summer. That's I mean, true. Yeah. I, I would think mm-hmm. that they're trying mm-hmm. to trade him. That would okay. make sense. Try. That would make a lot of sense. I don't think it's that hard to trade Courtney Lee either. He's eh, good. I,
0: I'm not sure it will be that easy to trade him. With, Anyhow. With, new, with the 2016 money and his age. and I mean it's, He's got three years. and He's
1: 31 years old. I can think of year. several teams
0: that need Courtney Lee.
1: Yeah.
3: Look at what one year, one year did this to Courtney Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why we're, <laughs> we're talking about Courtney up. Lee like this.
2: He had a fine season. It was fine. It's a contract. Anyone in the
0: 2016 class is radioactive.
3: No. <sighs> No. Not his If they touch the Knicks If they touch the Knicks Maybe <laughs> I guess we'll Time Courtney will Lee's tell I'm just not sure That's like year.
0: a positive contract
2: Right
3: yeah. now right. So, so
0: He's making
2: 75% to
1: finish this with the, Tim Hardaway with money It's true um, um, No, do yeah. That's so the best so scale finish it, I was, <laughs> can't put everything On the Hardaway scale it's right. I think
2: Ramon Sessions Is probably the day one starter okay. If Neil Aquina Has a great rookie season Which I wouldn't expect From just that kind of guy sure. Coming from that kind of setting Big job And maybe man. he gets to start eventually Doesn't really matter Um yeah, I think you start assuming the team remains the same start hard away and lead together. Kind of weird, but whatever. Um Athletic. I would start Lance Thomas at the 4 and mm-hmm. put Stapps at the 5. Yep. That's what I would do.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's probably the move. Um all right, so we just And by the way, you get your ass kicked with that lineup.
2: But it's interesting, <laughs> it's fun. I think it gets gets Chris Stapps quality touches cuz you have, yeah. you know, Anywhere between two point five and four, like decent passers on the floor, he, they're shooting. Yeah, he I needs think that's a fun lineup.
0: He needs that. I think he needs to be imp- put in a position where he kind of has to absorb some problems that happen when you have the you're the number one guy, and he has to mm-hmm. be able to respond to that. They, I thought they did that for about a month and a half, you know, last year, and then it just sort of fell apart. They they started to inevitably fall off, and then Phil got all big on the triangle, and then there was all the drama around the team. There was a stretch I felt like where he was kind of being put in a position where that's where you want him. And it just was very it faded real fast. And so I kind of think that the security again, like the security blanket idea, I think needs to be taken off him him too. Like he needs to you know, not that he is being babied right now, but I just think it it will cause more growth for him if he really is the has to be the guy. in a way that you know, again, Carmelo gives him cover, and Derrick mm-hmm. Rose gave him cover. Uh, you know, these guys, he, he doesn't have that anymore. And I think that's probably a good. He's thing He's also in a unique
1: situation too, where the rest of the young teams in the NBA, the teams that have uh, have been drafting in the lottery for the last call it, four or five years, mm-hmm. there are multiple. and yeah, exactly. They're they're turning the page already, but also there are multiple nineteen to twenty three year olds growing together. There's mm-hmm. there, it literally is not a single one like the Wolves, the Sixers, the Suns, the Lakers. They all mm-hmm. have packs of young guys that are kind of going through this together. You're getting to figure out what you need from each guy, what they need in their career trajectory to help the franchise. Porzingis, it's like, hey, just take a whole shit ton and drop it on him. Like well, he needs to be funny. everything.
2: It's the one guy that maybe falls under that category, you know, pre Neil Aquino, because we don't know what mm-hmm. he's going to do yet, is Billy Hernan Gomez, who <laughs> plays the same position. That's right. That's
0: <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So that that's that's a very good point. That's the thing. Um, I hope that answered Drew, Drew Shaw's question earlier. We talked. He asked, "Can Hardaway and Lee play at the same time for extended minutes?" We kind of answered that. I and think say, so.
3: I don't think that's. I don't think that'll be a problem. Yeah, kind of Hardaway the ball. Yeah. Know?
0: Like, maybe not. Who cares?
2: They make them do it, and if it doesn't work, what are you going to do? Lose? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I guess if we were to go back in time, I suppose, what, what y'all would do is not sign Tim Hardaway for $71 million, but that ship has sailed already. That is correct. Literally, correct on bought, all counts. He bought a ship. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to <laughs> talk about another uh, potential mistake. Uh, this is something that TM Warning asked us, and I think we've also heard it from a few other people. And I know we talked about this with Ariel and Christian earlier. Mm-hmm. And so I want to get Seth's opinion on this as well. Knowing that Jackson Phil is fi- was, was was let go after the draft, and knowing that, you know, Phil liked Neil Aquino in part, I think this is fair to say that because he would, would have slot into the triangle really well. Mm-hmm. Knowing that Dennis Smith went number nine, is there is it fair to have buyer's remorse at this point about that draft pick, or is that unfair to Neil Aquino and the Knicks? Because I know, Christian, you were saying that this was unfair to Neil Aquino, And Ariel was saying it was unfair to Neil Aquino because it's not like they played the triangle in France.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's... That and really quickly, you know, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Phil who went over there to scout Neil Aquino. I'm pretty sure that was uh, <laughs> yeah. Steve Mills who did yeah. all that heavy lifting. Or this is more so Steve Mills' decision. No, I believe Steve Mills, he said during that press conference that he went over there and scouted him himself. So, okay. you know, this is... More Steve Mills' decision and falls on him. I think obviously Phil will be the poster boy if it goes wrong. But this was Steve Mills' decision, so
2: I feel like that's kind, of a, that's kind of a win-win for the organization. Where if if Neil Kina sucks, you can just say, "Ah, well, we, you know, it was Phil's idea." Was Phil's idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, certainly it's it it's pretty unfair to feel anyway about any rookie at this point in time or even honestly like six months from now right um specifically like the things yeah Yeah. the things that ostensibly made neil akina appealing to phil jackson as a triangle point guard those being he's tall can shoot pretty well and is a good defender are like objectively great things yeah um and and frankly i'm not I, I never really understood the triangle fit thing. I think it's just that he was tall, and, yeah. And yeah. I think people kind of projected. And not that really NFL. like
0: a on-ball like <laughs> yeah. the kind of yeah. Not like Dennis Smith, where it's like yes. he's got the ball. You're running high pick and roll. Yeah,
2: he is not. He is not like purely a point guard on the offensive end.
1: He had a good strong name to like Frank, feel yeah. like that, you know. yeah. He's got a like, nice Frank, all-American yeah. name as um, opposed to
0: Dennis Smith. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't
2: know if this is precisely the question, but I. I, and I feel like we've talked about this before. I feel one hundred percent certain that Dennis Smith Jr. and possibly Malik Monk and possibly Donovan Mitchell as well. and I'm probably like hating on someone in the middle by leaving them out. But anyway, <laughs> some guys who got drafted after Frank, because they are a little bit older, you know, coming from college, and generally, not so much Mitchell, Mitchell, but like generally offensive specialists are going to look a lot better in their rookie year. Mm-hmm. And I think even if five years from now, Neil Aquino is a really good player in 2017, 2018, Dennis Smith, for instance, is going to look a lot better because he has such a like refined offensive game, you know, and can already do so yeah. much. And just like you saw him in summer league, like he's ready to play in the NBA right now. Clearly. And there's a decent chance that he, you know he ends up being really great. There's also a chance that he's the kind of guy who really clearly is offensively talented, but goes on to be kind of you know Monte Ellis or Ty Lawson, who like has a ton of talent and is clearly right. a fantastic one-on-one player, but actually isn't someone who's super efficient or productive sure. mm-hmm. in a lineup. And Neil Aquino could go the opposite way, where he really looks overmatched at the beginning, yep. and he could just end up not Being very good, or he could cut you know be one of those uh guys who really shows up statistically right. and who contributes in subtler ways, um, but isn't
0: necessarily as flashy. I mean, and I'm, I
2: think at the outset, that's definitely going to be the case. Yeah. Is, well, is this it, is
0: in bl- psychology, they call this uh, what you see was what it is. is it that wrong you wrong already to, you've kind of yeah. already seen what Dennis Smith can do, and we just have no idea what Neil Keene is, so like we are we overemphasize the limited piece of information mm-hmm. we already have and let it affect the way we think about the whole thing.
1: I believe in NBA terms, this is called the summer league paradox.
3: Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, was, I, I, I was just about to say, I blame Lonzo Ball for all this entire company. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, I, the, the it's, a,
0: it's the same idea. It's a fancier way of saying it. It's <laughs> like, we, we, we are making large judgments from limited information simply because Neil Kina has the curse of no available evidence right
1: is it, is is it is fair to say tough. this is kind of akin to when Dante Exum was rising up the boards and, and people really hadn't seen him play against much competition I probably worked to his advantage though yeah it seems like the opposite of that well, No, yeah, I, I mean I mean like in terms of what our expectations are like Exum then got hurt right away yeah he's only 22 years old now and he had a skill set that we would like to place in the NBA game that made sense Clearly for the Jazz, I mean, they're moving on from George Hill. They feel like it's time, or paired with Mitchell, they have their new backcourt. So anyhow, he's a kid. Frank's a kid. He's also a guy who has very limited professional experience at the NBA level as in none. So taking these kind of like large but you Europe know, swings. Pretty high level Europe experience. Yeah, yeah, no. And he wasn't very good over there. Yeah, so like, yeah, like, that's, that's, that's the, the is Strasbourg, I believe it's how he played for. Yeah. 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 Okay. So anyhow, um is German league, French league? French, French, French league. league, French league. He Cheese. He's he's not German Frank. German Frank. <laughs> um That's right. That's right. Okay. We'll uh we'll come back on the uh on the other side of this quick uh quick uh, break for our sponsor and then we'll get into the rest of the knicks roster with which there are many other players not just christoph porzingis
0: If you're like me, you know you have to shave, but you don't like doing it. The razors are expensive. The gel is expensive. You have to kind of switch them out a lot, and you cut yourself while shaving. You've got to use all this product in order to have your skin moisturized. It's just not a very fun experience. And it never was a fun experience for me, and I really didn't want a beard. That changed when the Dollar Shave Club came to my inbox. Dollar Shave Club is the smarter choice. It's got this great Dr. Carver shave butter. It feels really smooth coming off your skin it actually makes the act of shaving fun. And I love that. And it's also a great deal. You can get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. They send it to you in the mail. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to get either a really expensive razor or a cheap disposable razor that gets a crappy shave. You don't have to do any of that. It comes right to your door. It's a great life hack and a great no-brainer choice. And it's got this amazing butter that feels so good on your skin. It almost doesn't look like shaving cream, it's nice and clear, and it just doesn't feel like shaving cream. And you don't have to get all those other products in order to have your face properly moisturized. It's a terrific deal. You get all the stuff you need in shaving in one with the Dollar Shave Club. And now, lucky you, for a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only five dollars a month with free shipping. And after that, raises are just a few bucks a month and you can quit at any time if you don't like it. That's a $15 value for only five bucks. And in that first month's box, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of pork cartridges, and a tube of the shave butter, all for just five bucks. And after the first month, these replacement cartridges just ship automatically at the regular price. No hidden fees, no commitments, cancel anytime you like. But you can only get this offer exclusively through the Limited Upside podcast. Go to dollarshaveclub.com upside in order to take advantage. That's dollarshaveclub.com upside. Dollar Shave Club, the smarter, more convenient, and more comfortable way to get a close shave.
1: All right, we're back. Christian Winfield, Seth Rosenthal, Mike Prade. I'm Ben Epstein. This is the Knicks Limited Upside preview. It's the summertime here. We're just speculating. It's on I don't know, August 8th, so the Knicks haven't lost any games yet, guys. Um, that's <laughs> they also, nice. haven't they also haven't won any games. They also haven't won any. for first place <laughs> with the Cavs and Golden State. It's exciting. Um, what, what are some things last year, Seth, that went underappreciated, under-talked about in the national media that you think are going to actually pay a lot of dividends for this season, things that maybe the rest of us didn't pick up from watching all 82 Knicks games, but that you think are going to translate well into this season for some yeah. other guys on the team. These or are the something non- that happened that we didn't. That was bad that we didn't talk sure. yeah. about. Well, we, come on, let's go a little positive. Hey, Everything right. I've, I've been, every, I've
0: been such a grump on this. Podcast. Oh, yes, yes. Well, and also every time
1: we do Knicks pods, it's always in the middle of the season or late on. This is the by far happiest time of the year to be a Knicks fan, right? Generally speaking, sure. off season. Okay, so with that in mind, like, what should we be looking for that maybe we aren't fully aware of, Seth, that will help this Sears-Knicks team? Uh, I mean, <laughs> on the <laughs>
2: positive end, not a ton comes to mind. Uh, I, I mean, I think if you never watched Billy Hernan Gomez, he's a really fun, talented player. I think I'm a little less enthusiastic about him than a lot of Knicks fans. Hmm. Um, you like but saying I his like name, him. though. He's got a great name. Hernan Gomez, yeah. <laughs> Billy. Um, Billy. <laughs> I, I guess my main thing would be Jeff Hornacek. Like, dude's got a little sauce. He's got, at least on offense, uh I think he is an interesting coach and I, I agree with what Kristen was saying a while back that with the opportunity to really <laughs> fully run things mm-hmm. and without fill in his ear, um, things will look a lot better. And, and I, I, I think Hornacek, you know, minus mellow might sort of let him th- open things up a bit too. But I, I saw enough, especially, you know, coming out of timeouts, coming out of uh, inbound situations, for me to believe that Hornacek will get Chris Epps the touches that he should yeah. get. Yeah. And, you know, I, and and I think the variable there is just no Phil, maybe no Melo, definitely don't no Derek Rose. I think that makes it much easier to build an offense around Chris Epps, And I still have some faith that Jeff Hornacek can do that.
1: <laughs>
3: Fair. Yeah. Christian. Um, for me, uh, I just keep thinking back to a word that uh, Scott Perry and Steve Mills said during their introductory press conference. That word was alignment or being aligned, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like that's something that they did not have under Phil Jackson. Now, I mean, honestly, Knicks fans dodge a bullet. We could have had two more years of this guy. You know, they could have been really bad. And um, now we've got Scott Perry, we've got Steve Mills. We don't know exactly what their plan is, but they did say they want to go towards youth. They want to be athletic. And um, it just seems like there is a plan. You know, of course, they're not going to tell everyone exactly what that plan is. But just under Phil, it just seemed like we didn't know what he was going to do. At one point, he's drafting Chris Vaps. The next point, he's trading for Derrick Rose and trading Robin Lopez. You know, he drafted, uh, Who did he he traded for Darian Grant just to trade him in the next year. You know, and it just never seemed like there was a plan. Is there
0: a plan now?
3: (laughs) Man, I think that the idea is that they're going to Start, try to start from scratch. And that's something that Phil hadn't committed to yet, even though it was just it it was painfully clear that it had to happen. Um so I think the biggest plus is that Phil is no more. You know, and I know that's that's an easy that's easy trickle down that came from that decision. You know, you have happy Chris Stapps, maybe a happier slightly happier Carmelo, and then you've got a, a front office that's getting judged by someone that just came in from the outside. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the biggest thing to look at. In terms of players, Obviously, Billy took a step forward last year. Um, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Seth. I don't think you could play him and Chris Steffs at the same time. And if that's the case, then what value are you going to get from a guy like Billy only playing him 12, 13 minutes a night? Um,
1: it feels like there's nothing tangible from last year's season that we can bring into this season. It just feels like it's it, like with the Carmelo uh, undecision, or undecision, indecision and undecided future kind of still here, and then the idea that, you know, it, there are pieces that make sense, but not necessarily together, right? Like, Billet and Kristaps are both good players, but can they actually both play a 4 and a 5 when they're both kind of a new age 4? New age 5. New age H5 5. five fives, yeah. Yes, I apologize. Um, and so with that in mind, like, I, I, a bit of a fun question here. If you could go back in time and add one Knicks player from the history of the Knicks, you guys have been watching them for a long time. This could be Patrick Ewing. Earl of Pro Monroe, could be any one of these players. It could even be Phil Jackson, the scrappy small forward power forward. Can we say it's not
0: Ewing or King? I'm kind of curious who it would be if it's not like the obvious answers. uh, Okay,
1: fine. Well, okay, fine. I mean, would you guys pick Ewing or King if If, you had the choice? To this team, you're adding a player from Knicks history to complement these guys, to tie this team together, to make it a cohesive team that will well, win guess, more
0: than 31 games. I guess you also have to add in all the 70s legends. All right, let's toss it out to everybody. Okay, <laughs> Mike's, Mike's decided. So to I can open say this Walt up.
1: Frazier. Yes, you can say, you can Walt, say Frazier. Walt.
0: Is it Walt? Yeah. yeah. I mean, can yeah. Walt? Can Walt?
1: Like, <laughs> would he have been raised in the 90s, and will he yeah. know how to shoot threes in this? <laughs> yeah. Imagine his game uh, takes the next steps of evolution. He's he's Walt.
2: Yeah. I mean. I think my answer would be pretty similar for any year of the last like twenty years. Give me a decent point guard <laughs> yeah. for once in my <laughs> yeah. goddamn yeah. life.
1: You don't want Charlie That's Ward, awful. Chris Childs? I'll take Mark Jackson. And then <laughs> yeah, Rod Strickland. Yeah. Sure. So it's all about that point guard position. It's interesting. Uh, Doc Rivers,
0: yeah. Derek Harper.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't say either of those names.
3: <laughs> That's it, I think I think for me, you know, I, I want a guy who can who can kind of play that combo three four position. Uh, has a little edge on defense. I think I'm going Ronaldo Bachman, guys. Yep. I think that's, <laughs> okay. I think that's where I'm going. <laughs> Ronaldo <laughs> I think that's where we're going. But no, I'd have to agree. The point guard position is something that we haven't had in God knows how long. Um, Walt Frazier is just pretty, pretty good one. Um, you could even give me Stefan Marbury, honestly. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd go with that.
0: So I was going to say, I was going to... My my version of this question would have been, you have to take one member of the 2008 Knicks, or what was the year that they were the worst oh. Oh. in that stretch? I, you all, have, you have all the worst. You have to take one player, and you have to start him every oh, game. Oh, Stephon Marbury, easy. Okay, other Stephon than Marbury, Stephon Marbury. was really
1: good. He was really good other than yeah. Stephon yeah. Marbury. Do you remember the All-Star game yeah. when Iverson and Marbury took over and won it for the East? I do. So together. And, but even on the yeah. Knicks, yeah. Stephon yeah. Marbury yeah. was quite good. Yeah. He's had a heck of a career in China too. It's not poo poo. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Other than Marberry. <laughs> uh,
0: on the oh, what okay. year are we talking? I don't know any of those years in the middle. You have to put you you have to add them to the team and they have to start. Uh,
1: mm. uh, I can't even think of anything. this is your team well, guys. Maybe like, like, Kurt
0: Thomas or some a little like bit Nate tough.
1: We get like Al, Harrington,
3: Nate Al Harrington would be fine. Uh, Harrington was hooping. We had Jamal Crawford back then, right? Yeah, I'll take. T- I mean, okay, I guess Crawford.
2: the Knicks probably had the actual opportunity to add Jamal Crawford this summer and didn't. But
3: <laughs> well, that's, that's you true. would get
0: younger Jamal Crawford and
2: mm, maybe maybe I not loved, like— I loved younger Jamal Crawford. He's not what Chris Stapps needs
0: right now. <laughs> There's almost no difference <laughs> yeah, between younger not. Jamal Crawford and Jamal Crawford right now. His same, yeah. been and also same. like current yeah. Tim Hardaway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about What about someone from the Ewing era that's not Ewing? You had to. Add, you you would add one of those players.
3: Oh, and, uh, you know who I would take? I would take young Chris Duhon. Why not? What? Why? Why not? <laughs> Better than what we got right now. Honestly, I'll do that. Just shoot the three a little bit. Let's go, Chris Duhon. Okay, bring it in, big brother. <laughs> I've heard that name He's in so it.
1: long. Yeah, I've
3: I've
2: intentionally not heard
0: that name in a while. Right. what player from the Ewing Air that's not Ewing air, air, air to right? that to that team to uh, this team right now? I mean, now? Alan Houston was really good. You would yeah. take Alan Houston. Not going to help much on defense. Yeah, Alan Houston would
2: flourish in this NBA right oh, now. Oh, see, I feel sort of opposite. Really? Because Alan Houston, I'm sorry, percentages. Wow. If you look back, eh, not not that yeah. amazing. Yeah, I kind of was set there. He was a pretty, he was a very good shooter. A but good not shooter, a yeah. great shooter, yeah. and the not a lick of defense. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. what position he's because he was a little bit too big to defend like quick guards
1: because he didn't have to because it was the nineties and no one had thought of that yet, and. Yeah. He actually, he actually had a deal with Antoine Walker, which was neither of them had to try when they played Basically. each other. So that was nice. So, uh, would you add? What about like uh, Larry Johnson? What
3: about Oak? I'd go with Oak. Why not?
0: Well, uh, can yeah, okay. Oakley play in today's NBA? He's kind of like he a could very... play in any NBA. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he probably any would NBA. get how many technical, how many flagrant fouls, and how many ejections. That's what
3: we need. We need someone with some heart. Yeah, I mean, it's some not like Perkins
1: eggs. played like three uh, three decades ago. That guy was like still in the. <laughs> Has league, anyone right? said Larry Johnson yet? I just nah, still Larry
2: John- yeah, Even out there. even the slightly too old Larry Johnson, yeah. I think, would be a nice fit.
1: Yeah. yeah how, how tall you think out in Houston is, Seth? In my opinion, yeah, your opinion. In, your opinion, in my it. opinion, he's like seven four, but I know objectively <laughs> he's probably closer to <laughs> like six He's six That's good. That's good. Like, in my head, I think he's taller than Tim Hardaway Jr. But Tim Hardaway Jr. is oh, six six. Hmm, yeah. Uh, right? Is uh, this because when we were younger, whatever he their, was
2: Whatever their actual and, uh, like official measurements are, Houston has like an inch yeah. on him. I'm serious. Like He does.
1: He's know, a we've taller. done this before. Your opinion on people's height is usually the most accurate way to assess this. <laughs> right, we, we just mentioned a lot of older Knicks players, so let's keep this theme up right now. We've asked this to all of our uh, team preview pods here. This concept of your banana boat—it's like your happy place, as we've described this in. Do um, you happy want a Gilmore. vacation with? You're on a vacation. You're on your banana boat. You get three Knicks players from the history of the Knicks organization to join you on your vacation banana boat. Seth, who's on your banana boat? So it's just guys who I'd be friends with. This is exactly yeah, right. Or the nothing.
0: combination of three that would be like because you know, just bec- it's just like yeah, basketball you need to work team. well together too. Yeah, it's just right. Just right. Like Chemistry is important. Team. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, yeah, Ronald Bachman's on there. <laughs> You have to have a weed guy on the boat.
0: That's, that's how 100%. this works.
2: Uh, Chris Stapps is on there. Um, and give me like, uh, give me Jonathan Bender.
0: <laughs> okay. Interesting. Good, team, good good, player pick. What? So no, nobody from the you and your Nope.
1: Nope about you christian you no. got you got any names we could uh, I've got, i guess
3: it's okay, like it was I've a got weird team
2: they were kind of anti-semitic i don't know <laughs> they, they, yeah, things I got guess. weird
3: in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> Brian, uh, christian i've got two names for sure i would want spreewell on there i would want charles oakley on there and then someone from this era Knicks. i don't know probably mellow honestly yeah, Christians is wildly better. than mine. <laughs> I mean, you would have a very chill boat. Like, yeah. I, would like I would like, like... Mellow too. Mellow seems like someone. Someone would start fighting on my boat. Seth's <laughs> <laughs> boat.
1: They'd be like, "This is the the best trip we've ever been on," and they'd still still be at the dock. So,
0: no Jamal Crawford, no Zach Randolph on your
3: boat. Yeah, boat would be instant protection in case like we ran into some pirates. Yeah. Thank you for the Eddie
0: Curry.
2: Pirates
3: some,
0: some on some a banana snacks. boat.
2: <laughs> I don't know where, like, in what waters are we sailing here? As <laughs> I mean, how
1: far Party. out are you
0: sailing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: But. Mike, anybody you'd put on your boat? You, you like? Uh, you watch this NBA, buddy. Who's on yeah, your next I'm, banana boat? I'm just trying Can to think like these?
0: who we got. At, like, who are some weird characters in Nick's history? I'm trying to think of guys who would actually
2: like me. You know, <laughs> would enjoy <laughs> my company. Yeah. Chris yeah. Dudley. Chris Dunn he's Republican he wouldn't like
0: me. <laughs> uh, <okay. Fair> enough. <laughs> it's true. Okay, not him. Um yeah, I mean I guess when you think about it, like the Knicks have an exact I feel like Oakley would be someone I'd want on my boat because he seems yeah, like he great. wouldn't like me. check Sam would like
2: me. I feel like we'd get along. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Check Sam, I don't know. He just seems like he's into the same stuff I'm
1: into. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> give me Jeff Van Gundy. Oscar? You can get a coach. Give me yeah, give me you. Jeff Van Gundy. I'd like to talk with him. No, Al Harrington, right. yeah, Al Harrington, yeah. yeah. Van Gundy, we're, like, we're from the, same stop part of the
0: talking, though. Yeah. Like, I, I, want someone yeah. else to talk. Why is this boat going so fast? Let's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <There's laughs> think about boats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we I do <laughs> very bad, Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> that sounded like
1: Gilbert Godfrey. Like, hey, why is the peel in the front, not the yeah, back? Like, yeah. what's up with that? Yeah. Hey, Mark, we should make the peel in the front, in the in the back. But, yeah. I feel like you would be no fun. Yeah. no, you'd be, um, be terrible. I got wet. Yeah, you're on a boat, Jeff. Okay, but anyhow. But as we digress further and further away from the actual uh, uh, season at hand, let's get back to That's some bad. concrete stuff. Let's set some expectations for the Knicks fan base and our listeners here. We who don't are do
3: those. What are expectations, man? <laughs> well, you can set
1: them low if you want. <laughs> yeah. I didn't qualify high or low expectations. That's up for you here. Christian, you can go first, yeah. man. Uh, me, give, me, uh, give me the best case scenario for this year and the worst case scenario for this year. And in doing so, give me a wins prediction, uh, total wins for this year. Uh, as well as who you think will be the leading scorer and and and, and this is i guess the most Im- important part of this what would you deem a successful season as for this team
3: a lot of um, a lot to unpack mm-hmm. um, i think first off just in terms of what a successful season is it's just can we have one season with no outside noise mm. can it just be basketball you know what I'm saying? We know the Knicks are not going to be a playoff team. You know, I would like to see them be better than what they were in the last two years, which is 30 and 31 wins. Yeah. You know, bring me, give me 33, give me 35. You know, I know we're not going to get 37 and give me 35 wins. Um, leading scorer would have to be Porzingis maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. Depending on what type of season he has and how they're using him. But I would expect it to be Chris steps and then Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I forgot. You asked another part to this question. Yeah. It, just
0: it sounds like... Yeah, that was like a nine-part question. Yeah, right there, you didn't pepper. i not sorry. It does sound like... <laughs> it sounds like your happiness is inversely proportional to how often you have to
3: write about them for sqnation.com. <laughs> is that I mean, a fair... It's, it's, uh, I, I love the Knicks. I love writing about them, but sometimes it just weighs on you. Just like writing about LeVar Ball all summer and all year long, it's just like, man... Again, you guys just can't find a way to just be a regular basketball team. Yeah. But it's, it's, I I would measure success by how little outside noise they have. Uh, Preferably, Carmelo isn't there, you know, and that's not an indictment on him. I just think the time has run its course. I think he should be elsewhere competing for a championship. And I think the Knicks are on a different timeline now, and it wouldn't make much sense for him Mm -hmm. to stick around. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think, like, once the season starts, once there's, once we see there's no drama, there's no fill, you know, what can they do? can they put some wins together? sure can they win back to back games? maybe cuz they couldn't do that after christmas. um it's kind of i guess it all just depends on what they do on the court and how little controversy they have off of it honestly. and so what
1: would the worst case scenario then be for this season?
3: oh uh, oh worst case scenario is just, you know, everything we thought <laughs> it just fires right back into our faces, you know, like if christov starts demanding trades and if Tim Hardaway Jr. thinks he's Ben Gordon and is checking up 20, 25 threes a day, uh, that would be worst case for me. If, if we, if somehow the relationship between the Knicks and Chris Stepps worsens this year, that would be worst case.
1: Fair. yeah. I mean, I guess that, that makes a lot of sense, as we just kind of yeah. did the entire podcast here based <laughs> upon building a team around him. Uh, and then your wins, guess. like They were 30 and 31 wins, respectively, over the last two seasons, so then yeah. where do you think this 30, year
3: 30, 31. I'm going somewhere between 32 and 33, optimistically. Uh, I would like for them to have improved with a worse roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'll show signs of growth and cohesion, and show that Jeff Hornacek kind of knows what he's doing. Um, ideally at like 35, but anything better than 30 or 31 honestly would be nice because honestly, this is a team that can win some games. They just had a lot of outside factors playing into that. So I think yeah. and he's just shut everything off, play ball, run through Chris Stapps, run through Tim Hardaway Jr. And see what you got. See what, see what Neal, if Neil can turns into a gem. If he, if he turns out to be George Hill early and if George Hill is his floor, then you know, that's another win. Yeah. yeah. But 33, 35 wins.
1: All right, Seth, your turn. Can I, know, I get, can I get that in bite-sized pieces? Yeah,
3: let's let's start it off with um, <laughs> <I> <laughs> what mean, does uh,
1: your successful Nick season look like in 2018 or 2017-2018 yeah. season? Um, I think Chris Porzingis looks great, feels comfortable,
2: stays healthy. The percentages all go up. You know, you see some more variety to his game, um, maybe a little more versatility. So he could play the four, could play the five. He's a little quicker on his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really the most important thing. Yep. Um, and then beyond that, it's, you know, Hornacek getting the best out of everyone else and looking like he should remain the coach long-term. <laughs> um, Neil Akina, you know, showing that he's an NBA player, honestly, is, is, is a good, um, I think thing to reach for um, hard away looking like he's improved and looking like, you know, he's actually worth something close to that amount of money. You know, it, like, basically like he's someone you would want to actually start a shooting guard for the yep. foreseeable future. Yep. Um, yeah. Like Christian said, just stuff staying relatively quiet and normal, <laughs> which I, I agree probably means that Melo has to go just yeah. not, not because of anything he would do, but just because that stuff's going to swirl yeah. and it's hard for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I think he, he probably has to be gone and ideally, you know, they're sitting on an extra pick or there's a young guy on the team that's now being worked in, you know, that there's, sure. there's something interesting to look forward to after the Melo deal gets done. Um, that'd be yeah. a nice part of that too.
1: So then last part would be, give me your wins prediction and who you think will be your leading score next year. Uh, I would predict,
2: you know, 30 to 32 wins, um, but that that's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's okay. yeah. Well, yeah. You it want to top,
1: you want a top it eight is. pick.
2: You know. Yeah, I mean, if you ideal, ideally they win, you know, forty games on the dot, miss the playoffs, and get the first win the get the you yeah. win the lottery that's with it. the worst odds. I mean, that's yeah. the ideal, but um, I'm perfectly happy with them being one of the five worst teams in yep. the NBA. There, I, yeah. I want Luka Doncic on my squad. Yeah, yeah, and who doesn't? Right. So, um, yeah, but I would predict something around what they got last year. Cool. All right. So,
1: uh, I guess. I um, don't. We got a oh, leading score. Yeah, Sorry. leading score. Leading score. Hardaway. Hardaway. Okay.
3: Oh, volume.
1: A voluminous score. Listen. A voluminous. The song. guy better
2: get some buckets. Like, yeah. otherwise, yeah. what is he That's doing? Right. He's gonna get his shots out. Right. If, <laughs> if, if. Yeah, he really should lead the team in scoring.
1: He, he could have like a Wiggins type stat line where it's like plus twenty points, under three rebounds, under three assists. Yes. Yeah. He definitely yeah. could. Yeah, which is you know. Maybe that might be what they're looking for. Um, we need to wrap this up. Glad to have everyone here on the record with our predictions. Again, I don't know, slightly more optimistic, Mike. Was this the most optimistic Knicks pod, or it still kind of felt no. like? So yeah, I haven't, I haven't been about- paying attention.
0: I've been looking up stats on the new dude that Southampton just signed. See, oh, man, Mike. <laughs>
3: Jeez. That
0: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, unbelievable. Uh, Ben, man, the big matchup is this week. I
1: know. Our soccer teams play, but no one cares about them. What are your soccer teams?
0: Southampton and Swansea. Swansea. We just signed uh, somebody from Juventus. All right. Enough with
1: all that. (laughs) Uh, But uh, uh, anyhow, we have Orlando Magic coming up next in our summer editions of the limited upside previews we're doing here. This was the Knicks. at Seth Rosenthal, Christian Winfield, two of SB Nation's finest. You guys know them and love them, and I love them, and I'm sure you'll be reading <laughs> more about them writing on on the Knicks because even though they both asked for no drama or less drama this year, it's the Knicks, and and Dolan's still their yep. president and owner, and yep, and and all that. So anyhow, this was fun, guys. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Thanks for being here, although not remotely present. Appreciate it. I I was (laughs) present for most of the podcast. I was was here for most of
0: it. i just, (laughs) uh, I just very excited about Mario Lamina, if that's how you can pronounce his name. He sounds like he should be playing point guard for the Knicks.
1: Um, With that in mind, everyone, uh, look for Mike coming out with the Orlando Magic pod next. I won't be on that one, but enjoy it. And until next time, this is the Limited Upside Podcast.